from the Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we are joined by one of our favorite people, mm-hmm. co-host Ooh. of the Shit Show, a Shit's Creek podcast. <laughs> it is Aaron. Aaron, welcome. <laughs> Hello, Aaron. Hi, everybody. The, the Aaron resident October residency at Com Majors yes. has begun. Yes, we we we're, we don't know quite what's going to be. Well, of it, I can but tell you exciting things. Part of this is film choice. I think part stuff. of this is that I was willing it into existence because Aaron does appreciate a scary movie here and there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Brian and Katie do not. I just it's not my. I will watch it. It's just not the first thing I would choose to watch. That's what I'm saying. Is that yeah? It's, it would literally be the last thing, maybe. Yes. You'd rather yeah, watch I the was, Brian De Palma <laughs> documentary for the fourth time. Well, it would be the fifth if I watched it again. <laughs> it's fabulous. Um, if you want to know what we're talking about, you can listen to the upcoming episode of Pop Adult. Actually, it would probably be out by the time Jim and yeah. I were on talking about A24 films. Uh, and I beg to differ. I watched one of the most terrifying films I've ever seen last week called Caddyshack 2. It, it's <laughs> It was uh, it it scarred it me in ways that might no not be a horror movie, but a crime oh, it's, was it's, committed. Yes, <laughs> in every scene. Yeah, I felt like so you're my saying soul. I can, I can soul skip that one, dying. huh? Yeah, you I would never that watch one. that movie ever. Yeah, Katie fact, actually liked it. Noted. Yeah, terrifying. Katie liked that's it because, for real. I, that's be, I, I know. I think that's because Katie is currently working fifteen jobs and not sleeping. I think she was in some kind of fever dream. Yeah. While she watched that movie, it was awful. Uh, But today we are uh, back in 80s territory. We've had a run of 80s movies here because the sequels and stuff like that recently. But we're going to talk Michael Keaton and one of his truly iconic characters in Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of all. What is everybody drinking for Beetlejuice? Elijah Craig barrel proof. Fabulous choice. It is delicious. Fabulous, nice. Aaron. Um, I'm drinking a a new seltzer. It's a what, decoy. What okay. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc with vibrant lime. It's Ooh. actually very good. It's the Hello. first time I tried it. Oh, one of these the wine seltzers, a, right? Sauvignon with. Aaron, can I ask you a little question? How have you have you ever had a what they refer to? I think they call it a heavy seltzer, which is when people are now pouring vodka into their um, like pouring seltzers. extra vodka, yes, and thereby making it a stronger drink. That is a new trend with uh, these seltzers. Have you ever uh, partaken in that? I have not. No, okay. um, I did I see that. Isn't like... it Bud Light is coming out with like a a higher octane version of their seltzers? I forget. Yes. What, I want to say it's called like that's, Surge or something. Yeah, that's the new oh, thing. Okay. Like it's eight percent. Yeah, they want higher. Yeah, to compete bonds. with the craft, craft yeah, beer craft stuff. Beer. Yeah. Well, why don't you know, give yeah, that a shot, Aaron, and yeah. uh, give us a shot and let us know next week how that works out for you. Yeah, probably uh, not on a school night, but maybe no. this, maybe uh, maybe maybe, this weekend. maybe you should on a school night. It might make the next <laughs> day a little bit more interesting. Uh, I am drinking Moat Mountain, uh, a New England style pale ale. This is their Clockwork Mandarina. Oh, look at that! In oh, honoring of Stanley Kubrick. And I picked this because while I was watching Beetlejuice, I was wishing I was actually watching a Stanley Kubrick movie instead. Yes. So I, I was having that. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, we don't have Katie. So Jim is doing the rundown. Here we go, Jim. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tell I didn't us, know this. Tell yeah. us about Beetlejuice. So Beetlejuice, uh, in a uh, short, very coherent long story way. short, 
a couple has a nice country house out with it sounds like the middle of uh connecticut um by the way not possible nowhere yeah. near enough traffic yeah. the state of connecticut is a cesspool of traffic it's, and that looks it's way basically i-95 and that's it yeah horrible uh, it is not our favorite state if you're listening to this yeah, and you're from connecticut hang up no, stop you're not welcome here what <laughs> well, I, I wonder am, why they didn't make it somewhere like out it seems you know. it's Maine. it's clearly Maine, right it, yeah in the yeah, movie like but they wanted it they needed yeah. it to be close to new york city so right. they just said oh we'll put it in connecticut uh, even though right, it doesn't right, right. Yeah. right um yeah it doesn't even look like upstate new york for some reason there's like it, it to me it look, i don't know it's weird i don't yeah. know why i think that but um yeah and so they live there they have a great house uh, there's a realtor friend who wants to sell it to some rich pr people that are interested in buying it. Uh, they go into town for something at the hardware store that they own. They get in a, uh, an accident when they swerve to miss an ugly dog and drive <laughs> off the bridge. Drive off a covered bridge. I'm just kidding. The dog's it's not that ugly. It's just, yeah. it's a covered bridge that is... 10 feet 10 high. Feet off the yeah. Ground? yeah. Maybe a basketball I, hoop. I'm not saying that I would have survived this crash, but you know, any, yeah, I probably would have. I, I am saying you'd survive this crash. Yeah. It didn't, I, I it didn't he, look I so bad. I think you would survive this crash. Uh, I, in fact, I think any person would survive this yeah. crash as long as they had their seatbelt. So, so the Maitlands, newly deceased Maitlands, uh, quickly find out that they are ghosts in their own home. And the rich family has purchased their house and they would like them to leave. So they decide to haunt their, their home and try to get the, these folks to leave while befriending their daughter, but also hiring the bio exorcist extraordinaire Beetlejuice played by Michael Keaton, who uh, basically guarantees he can get them out of the house. But he also comes with a whole bunch of other problems. Yeah. Fabulous. Rundown. That's well rundown. done. Run that down. Uh, all right. Now it is time. To I got to work on that, like Katie phrasing where she does like the, yeah, I, well, it's, you it's know almost Again, like spoken poetry when she does it. it and yeah. I feel like me yeah. and Brian should be snapping. You, have, you, you have a trade-off. You have character names and actual plot. She has style. Now, if we could blend those two together, for a rundown, <laughs> okay. watch out, Yeah, watch out what we would get. Uh, all right. Grade of the week on the scale of a plus through, Caddyshack 2. Where would you grade Beetlejuice? Jim. No, no, Aaron, you go first. I let the, right, let the guests go first. All right, Aaron, you go first. I forgot I had to do this. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a B um, because there were things about it that I enjoyed, the, that, like I remember enjoying as a kid that I still really enjoyed. And then there were things that I don't remember not being um, consistent or as um, like low budget in terms of special effects. And so I'm just going B because I think I still overall enjoyed rewatching it, but it's not perfect and may not be as good as I remembered. Fair assessment, Jim. Uh, I'm going to go with a C for me. I'm trying to like remove the nostalgia glasses and yeah. there are there are things that I I still liked in this movie um but it it did not age well in a lot Ooh. of ways it feels yeah. like an early 80s movie not a late 80s movie yeah it's shocking 
this is 88, I think. Yeah, it's right before yeah. Batman, right? Yeah. yeah, this screams like 84, 1983 <laughs> yeah. film. Uh, I, too, am going to go with the C. Oh. Which is pr- which is pretty low. It's pretty me. brutal. Brian basically just failed this kid. Um, <laughs> All the other kids in the class get A's and B's. I really wish Katie was here. Katie, I don't think Katie liked this I mean, movie at you, all. To, all right, to give, oh, really? I think Katie would have went in the lower. Yeah. All right, to give you a reference point, both Jim and I graded the Three Amigos as D minus. Yeah, you and did. we both gave this a C. So I think oh I this think is way has. better than the three amigos. That's, but that's what I mean. So so yeah. so okay. in my mind, uh, a C to me is like out of a hundred seventy five percent. I will and I say think that that's about what I would somewhere between seventy five to a seventy percent enjoyment of this film is what like I would give. Eleven to eighteen year old Jim probably would have given this a B plus. I I love this movie when I was younger. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, to rewatch this one specifically, this is the first one where I'm shocked at how different I remember it. Yeah, um, I would agree. Yeah, like going into it, I thought, well, I guess we can start the discussion here. Like going yes, into go going into watching this, my expectation was that um, it was going to be the special effects were going to be 80s. That and I was totally expecting that. Um. But what I was expecting was that it was going to be this batshit insane plot, which it is. I know that. That somehow Tim Burton makes sense of and does a pretty good job of, like, displaying it to us. Uh, It's that last part that I don't think is very true. That he doesn't do a great job with this batshit plot. Um, It's vague in all... It's just... For me, it's vague in the weird stuff that they don't want to explain and over explaining in other areas that, that, and that's the inconsistency that bothers me in these types of films. Go ahead. You, you go. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I felt like I felt similarly, like the end felt kind of rushed and I don't remember it feeling rushed before. And I also felt like the connection between um, Winona Ryder's character and the Maitlands, I felt like in the, the first time, like it always felt like it was better established than it was rewatching it. You know, like their investment in her. Yes. And um, it, it made me to that point specifically yeah. when they are coming back to the house and she says, and Gina Davis says, I want to be with Lydia. It's yeah, a yeah, laughable yeah. moment. It makes no goddamn sense. Right, and were you right. like me at that point? And I was like, who? and so like let's say right off the bat the performances in this movie are incredible oh yeah, absolutely yeah. i think they're Agreed. all great i think all the Agreed. actors are fabulous um but yeah the plot and the storytelling here is leaves a lot to be desired and it is not held up really well by the special effects at all it's not yeah, that well, cool yeah. now let me say this about the special effects unbelievably purposeful they didn't have a lot of money to make right, this but i right. don't mm-hmm. not, i don't knock the special effects for this because i think he was going for that weird universal old school monster movie yeah like, yeah 
So that I just I I feel like I want to clarify my special effects comment. So I feel like there were certain things that were really well done. Like I do still love when they go. um, Well, well, first, I was thinking about the part where she's like laying in the bed and she's not actually she's just suspended in air Ah. like that. (laughs) <laughs> to me, actually felt like it was done better. The sand monster, I think, I just don't remember it being so cheesy. And then when he turns into the, like, the snake, that I just, oh, yeah. I just feel like I actually thought, I, I, yeah, I just remember it being better like i just thought i was like oh my god it's like a claymation sort of like but you have to yeah but it's clear it's the toy sort of stuff right but it would have been better for us when we watched it as kids because what we have but i think one of the reasons i think it that that part of it alone and that actually wasn't one of my issues at all i have other i'm kind of in line (laughs) with jim and some of the storytelling stuff because i actually think Uh the performances are and we can talk about each of them all really good Awesome. I think yeah. the the choice they made with the special effects have is one of the few things that doesn't make this movie feel dated for me because I feel like you went so stylized as a mm-hmm. you know I mean it's so stylized that you can kind of get away yeah. with it looking at it that he's going with claymation and plus by the way I don't know if you remember this there was a weird phase in like the mid to late eighties of using like claymation in movies. Remember like oh, yeah. better off. Yes. Dead. Yeah. Exactly and what like I was thinking was, of the, the hamburger. Like this weird, yeah. But there was this like weird phase where lots of movies were um, using like uh, young Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yeah. Didn't did UHF. UHF I lo- don't it. you laugh at young Sherlock Holmes. That movie is fan freaking tastic. <laughs> Oh, when he has the Hulu, I, I've Watson has the Watson has the no Watson has the hallucination about all the all the um, cakes and stuff coming to life. Who's who's in it? That's a great question. No, not a big name. I don't think no. a lot of names. <laughs> the answer to that question is no. no nobody you would know. No, no um, one is in it. No. All right. So why don't we let's talk about the performances first mm-hmm. and then we can kind of nitpick. Let's be a little positive at the beginning because this goes first, back to last week's episode where I was asked who an underrated actor of the 80s was. And I think the answer might be Michael Keaton. Michael mm. Keaton, uh, I think, is yeah, a significantly well. better actor actor than i realized as a kid growing up when you go back and look at what he's done he is excellent in this movie and then you see he would play batman and he just plays a lot mr. of mr mom roles. have mr. you mom, ever seen um, uh, the dream team I yes the dream team is great love the dream team. i can't you love the dream but then he did clean That's and sober he did all these movies yeah and i don't it's weird to me. I for, I think I forgot. Maybe we just didn't realize how big of a movie star Michael Keaton was in the 80s. He was like a huge, huge star. And I never yeah. think of him in that line of like, this is a time where Tom Cruise was becoming big. Kevin Costner was big. You know, the, Michael Keaton was a huge movie star. So much so what? that he got head billing in this film and he's only in it for 14 and a half minutes. That was another thing. I feel like I didn't remember what a small part Beetlejuice actually was. I feel like because it's such an iconic character that it just, in my mind, he was there for more of it. Um, And I also think too, yeah, when I first saw him come on screen, I I know he's been in other things, so I'm not going to do that justice, but you know, one of his more recent roles that I really liked him in that was more serious was spotlight. And some of those, you know, like I feel like he's done more, dramas birdman recently yeah Yeah. he's done a lot of stuff 
to see him be so, I mean, he was really, he was really funny and very, you know, he, he, he plays was, that dirt bag. Well, yeah, he does. Well, wait, it, this is an interesting thing because I, this may be call back to a movie we did a long time ago, which is a fabulous movie. One of the, maybe a top 50 movie of all time, which is silence of the lambs. Um, mm. And Anthony Hopkins is, I think, going back, it's like only 18 minutes of that movie, right? But he, mm. his presence in that movie makes it feel like he's in at least half of that movie. Mm. It was notable how little Michael Keaton was in this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, Aaron, I was shocked. As a kid, I remember this being about Beetlejuice. Yeah. And he is such a secondary character. I mean, he's... Keaton's amazing when he's on screen, yeah. but he's almost never on screen. I think that's part of the problem I have with this movie is that they they clearly couldn't decide what the story arc was going to be here because like it it starts out seeming like it's going to be about the Maitland sort of like getting accustomed to being ghosts. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole scene where there's like they go to like the civil service building of the afterlife and like learn about what they have to do to haunt and all this stuff. Um, and then you learn about this guy, Beetlejuice, and it seems like it's going to be sort of about him being a pain in the ass for them. And then very quickly, it turns into there needs to be a ritual where Beetlejuice gets married to the daughter so that he can live. Yeah. It just doesn't... Th there's no co cohesive plot narrative that like I could grab onto at any point in this movie that was like I can kind of see where this is going or like I, I was never trying to guess what was coming next because it didn't make any sense like it, it, they were just going to turn the page well, exactly. and move and here's on here's the question yeah what what is like what intrigues me about this movie kind of is like well, what's the point of it right so if you want Nothing. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis to be like learning to be ghosts. Isn't the better idea to have Beetlejuice be a mentor gone wrong? And yeah, he's like yeah, teaching right. him all sorts of goofy wrong things to do. And he's crazy and all. And, the, and he's using them maybe at the end to get married. Like he's using them. But that relationship is is really almost non-existent throughout the majority of this movie. There is no relationship building. And it's gr Michael Keaton, well, when he is Beetlejuice, is fabulous, but it's almost like he's just riffing, right? And they're filming it, and they're like, oh, this is great. This Keep going, keep going. It's fabulous. And it is fabulous, but it's also like, how does that connect in a movie in a way as a film for adults that holds any kind of interest? Yeah, because I was I was actually going to say, like, I do think a point that they try to wrap up by the end is like Lydia finding a family. That's mm. this kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, her stepmom and dad and then her and then the Maitlands, you know, kind of all finding a way to coexist. Um, but again, the way they get there is so choppy that yeah. i mean i'm happy for her in the end that she seems happier because she has and again like the the lines that she has are just so i mean that those were some of my favorite moments which is her delivering some of those <laughs> having those jumped yeah. <laughs> having plummeted off the winter river bridge 
Oh, she she's brilliant. And did you feel like there was a ton of suicide talk? Like, yes, was, oh, there, there was, was so a lot of suicide. In fact, actually, believe also it or not, felt like. Well, this yes, this movie's insanely inappropriate at points. In yeah, fact, yeah. In an original draft, she did commit suicide so she could live with the male. And then they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that oh, my goodness. celebrate suicide. Uh, but my question is this. This is the intriguing thing. Who is the lead character in this movie? Like, and that's part of like, well, there's no to, art to for point. any of them. Except well, there's no Lydia. point of view. Right. But but even that, like, make a choice. Is this movie about the Maitlands? Is it about Beetlejuice or is it about Winona Ryder? Because either one of those three, if executed, I think the world building they do in the house, like visually, which Tim Burton usually pulls off, like visually, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Like he's always good. He's always intriguing visually. But like pick a point of view. This isn't really because the ensemble idea of this, like, it, you know, it's not a real Robert Altman shortcuts, yeah, you know, yeah. Nashville thing where they're doing all these different storylines. It's just like a bunch of choppy storylines with no clear point of view of whose story this really is. Yeah. I guess it's yeah. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. I, I maybe. But they're but not. I mean, Kind of like we're still not sure. Like they even subvert that plot point, which is like they don't want these people living in their home. But halfway through the movie, they change their mind and they're like, yeah, it's fine. Let's live with these people. And then but then they keep haunting. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like why they do that at certain points. It seems like um, the father is like maybe the emotional like center of this movie. Like he's just trying to relax. And he keeps getting yeah. frightened and like you. Yeah, but then he's creepy as shit. Well, he's not. Probably he's a criminal. Be, probably, probably because he's a sex predator in real life. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think the character was creepy. Did you? No, but he's creepy. The problem. That's what my problem. You just wanted to bring I, up the thing about the actor. He's creepy. It's what well, he's not creepy, dude. He's a, he's a fucking criminal. Uh, he's actually. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. He's not creepy. He's not the right word. He's, yes. I, well, because she's fabulous. Yes. So she, much like Moira Rose, like, right. gr like laying the groundwork, however oh, many decades earlier. And she is so, so good in this movie. Like, just so good. Oh, yeah. She, this is clearly like Moira without the accent, but like the yeah. same vapid approach to everything. Their, right. Yeah, their art. <laughs> Like oh, when she is when she is like asleep and they're trying to. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. And even Jeffrey Jones, who I, I dislike, obviously, because of, but that guy could act, man. Their yeah. dynamic together, his performance. And like you go back and look at him in like Ferris Bueller. Amazing. And I mean, Bueller. he was unbelievable in the 80s. There's so many of these performances. So it's intriguing to me because I do think the casting in this movie is really spot on. There's not yeah. one performance. I mean, Winona Ryder is tremendous in this. Yeah, she is. For what she gets, which is, I mean, Jim, I think you're probably right. It's the 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 one complete story arc. But again, this is an example of like... But no, I, I wouldn't even say it's a complete story arc well, because... Com more complete than the other ones. It ends. There's fair? an ending, but there's no beginning of her story arc. Well, like, yeah. we don't actually what? see... We're again, this is like being told that she's unhappy, but like 
just by looking at it, like it didn't seem like her parents were awful people or doing terrible things to her. Like well, they, she was just, she was just neglect. I mean, she was just kind of like a neglected, right? Somewhat though, basically, because yeah, like right. they were the dad was obviously on this mission to get this vacation home and get away from the stress. Well, that was another thing, like his job and the boss and like. Well, I mean, it was a Robert Goulet sighting. (laughs) His performance in Naked Gun 2 significantly better, by the way, just for everybody. That that like iconic dinner scene was was really, really good still. I mean, just watching them all lip sync and do their different dance. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think those scenes again, I think the reason why I gave it a B originally is because some of those scenes really held up well, even though the movie as a whole just didn't, I don't know. It's hard for me to separate out those things, I guess, in terms of my evaluation of, well, no, because I I, I really did still like that. No, I think that's fair point because I think that scene's good. And I think part of this probably comes down to this is, I think only Tim Burton's only second feature. He had done shorts, but it was Pee Wee's big adventure, than this. So I think as a as a okay. filmmaker himself, I think he gets I do think he gets significantly better at the elements other than the quirkiness and yeah. the visuals of it. And I and well, I do wonder, like. Is the connection to this movie maybe for adults, not kids, because I could see how kids would be attached to this or people our age who were younger when this was out, we were like nine, 10 years old when it came out. I can see that draw is that it was this just so different at the time that you're just kind of Mm -hmm. drawn to it as an experience. Um, And maybe that's what the attachment was, or is it just, it's people our age who are eight, nine or 10. Like I have a neighbor down the street. I was picking the kids up off the bus today. They have the Beetlejuice headstone. The one that says, uh, you know, is blinking. That's one of their mm-hmm. decorations they have out of the thing. And I'm like, you know, there's clearly there's a demand for a sequel to this movie all the time. And they're actually talking about doing it. And I just watching it, I was trying to think like, what is the attachment? Obviously it's nostalgia, <laughs> yeah. but like, what is the attachment to this movie? In my mind, I didn't love it a lot as a kid, but it was Michael Keaton, but he's not in it much. And I'm wondering, <clears throat> they, they had a Beetlejuice cartoon that came out after it. Like and there's Beetlejuice merchandise. Like, did we create a narrative in our mind that that character was more than what we saw in this movie? Because in this movie, he's great, but there's so little of him. Is this even a Beetlejuice movie? Well, that that's fair, but I I and I kind of agree. I think a lot of the 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 idea that this character is sort of bigger than life and is that what he's capable of is kind of infinite. It is definitely leads to the cartoon and it definitely leads to us thinking about like, like he's playing carnival games in the movie and like he's doing like crazy stuff, like having thorns shoot out of his body and, and everyone wants to know what the other side of his face looks like when he does the scary face. And it's, there's like a mystery and weirdness to him that I think did kind of, you know, propel people to thinking that, it was maybe more than it was in the movie. I don't know. Is, yeah, and is, there's he has this like irreverence that I think is probably also 
Um, you know, I mean, you have the Maitlands who are sort of like very, well, like, very Reagan uh, American. What, was right? she, what like, the fuck was she wearing? Yes. Oh what my was god, that the wardrobe then? the wardrobes in this were fabulous. <laughs> I mean, amazing. at least he could have untucked his shirt and gone to like a grunge show. She no, looked they like they didn't do that. She but that I mean, was can rough. We talk about how like Alec Baldwin, I know I texted you guys. Did you even recognize him? I didn't recognize him at first. Like I forgot that he was the guy. And and uh, honestly, and then I'm like, and I thought he was really good too. You know, I mean, I know how funny he can be, but I don't know. It was just to see him kind of in that, yeah. you know, like straight roll that to Beetlejuice and, and, and the. He did some visual stuff in this that made me laugh. When he has the yeah. eyes on his fingers and he holds up the glasses yeah. to look, it always makes me laugh. It's like I, I such like a Chevy Chase-type move there. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. Chevy Chase-esque, actually. What's interesting about Baldwin to me is I feel like in this movie and when we did Hunt for Red October, <laughs> before he was Alec Baldwin, there were like some really interesting performances there. And then he got into the, I don't know if personally whatever, but he just got so full of himself that there was that cycle there where the films were awful, but then he was able to turn that into almost a shtick or a character for yeah. like 30 yeah. rock and stuff. And that's been that next arc of his career. Yeah. But you forget like early out, like Glenn performance Larry. in this performance. Yeah. Like he's was a, was a great yeah. actor. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Absolutely. Yeah. He's yeah. unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable in that. Um, this is a question we always ask about eighties films. Is this a kid's film? No. Who is this movie made for? Again, so hard to decide. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> I just, I, I sat there and I'm like, the Beetlejuice character in particular, right, is another one of these characters that intrigues me because we watch it as kids. Now you're listening to what's actually being said. And there's no way you really understood what was being oh, no. said when you were yeah. a nine-year-old. Like there is some creepy sex stuff going. He is a straight up creepy <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, like I sh probably shouldn't have been making a kids cartoon out of this guy based right. on the performance that we see here. I agree. Yeah. What, what I want to keep coming back to with, with a lot of these movies is that they are for immature adults. Well, it was rated. What's it rated? PG PG. It's the, one of the only PG films, um, of the eighties that said fuck in it and was still given yeah. a PG PG rating. Yeah. And, and it has, films. and it has a whorehouse <laughs> and it has a whorehouse and he's attempting to marry a 14 year old. Yeah, yeah, best. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's still terrible. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Yeah. in All ways imaginable. Um, Here's the so other thing. There is a, there, okay. I will say the difference between this and like David Bowie in Labyrinth. Oh, David Bowie is worse in Labyrinth. Right. Well, he actually committed Very the crimes creepy. in real life, too. Yes. Um, don't forget. Yeah. Um, no, it's he and Jeffrey Jones right. teaming up. The, the, the thing about Beetlejuice in this movie is that his attitude of, towards her is not celebrated. It is not like... No, it is fair. not like it, that's true. It's that's true. Fair. Yeah. It's very fair. Everyone that's else is like, what are you very doing? Very valid. No, yeah. Do yeah. This. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing that I love about all Tim Burton movies and this this one in particular as well is his team up with Danny Elfman. And 
like mm. the use of music in Burton movies. But I want to kind of talk about Tim Burton because we haven't. I don't know if we've. I'm trying to think if we did done, Batman. Yeah, but that was on. Um, oh, pop battled. We actually didn't do it here. What are our general thoughts on on Tim Burton? Like, what do you think draws people to a Tim Burton film? Are you are you drawn to that? Like, are, do you like Tim Burton films? Yeah, in, in my mind, this is similar. You know, he's one of those directors, kind of like a Wes Anderson, where mm-hmm. I feel like but I feel like there are people who are obsessed with them. And then there are people who are completely turned off by his films. And then there's like people. It's a coin toss. What is it about Tim Burton that intrigues people, you think? And is Beetlejuice an accurate representation of his movies, you think? Or or is it just an early work that just struck gold and people liked it for nostalgic reasons? I I I kind of like Tim Burton sometimes. That's the best answer I can give is that like but I feel like a good Tim Burton. Give me an example. I Edward Scissorhands. Earlier on, like, Edward Scissorhands. Edward yeah, Scissorhands. That's it's another fantastic. one I feel like would it hold up if you Sleepy Hollow is pretty it. good. Mm. I like Sleepy so, Hollow. So what is, is it though? Is, oh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is awesome. It is right. It, like, is it? Yeah. Is it? Big Fish is, is great. That, Big Fish, fabulous. Mm, I forgot. That what are your thoughts? Like, yeah. did you see his Dumbo? No, no, I didn't see the live action Dumbo. And what about the Alice in Wonderland movies? That, that movie bad. actually was like that I, was like the number one movie in the world the year it was released. I mean, it's I think, probably fine. I, I just remember being like, OK, it happened. That was so that Alice in Wonderland was when um, the world was obsessed with 3D. Mm. And I saw mm. it in 3D, and I feel like it should not have been in 3D. And I, I don't know. I, I don't want to judge him too much, but like, like if you look at his last couple movies. So what are what are his last couple? Dumbo, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Big Eyes, like the book. Yeah, the book is good. Frank and Weenie, Dark Shadows, Alice in Wonderland, Sweeney Todd. Well, Dark Shadows is absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's an absolutely horrible movie. Uh, Sweeney Todd, um, the Corpse Bride, Char- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is not great. Big Fish is, it, is pretty good. Big Fish is fat. I, I really like Big Planet Fish. Planet of Two Thousand One, Planet of the Apes. Ooh, Mark Wahlberg. Sorry, Sleepy Hollow. People love Mars Attacks, but I don't know it very well. No, it's very stylized. I, that's what I. I'm, I'm interested because to get to this point, I feel like Beetlejuice, Mars Attacks is another one. He hits home runs to me when he does these almost like 1950s-esque Ed movies, Wood. which is exactly what Mars Attack was. <laughs> Beetlejuice yeah. in that wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Fish has a kind of a fably yeah. element to it. I just I, I the Batman I know, movies, but, while they made a ton of money, are not good. Uh, the first one was. Well, I mean, we talked about this on when we were on Pop Battled. I was surprised at how unimpressed I, mean, I was from with from it. a Loving cinematic from perspective. A not like you know, not thinking about like the nostalgia of it. Batman is objectively not a great movie. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, is Beetlejuice so similar wonder, to that though? 
in your mind. I wonder if there's like there's just that that flash aspect and the parts that, of it that are good. I mean, I, I feel like those are movies that when I first saw them, especially when I was younger, I was impressed by some of that stuff that I felt let down by now. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense, but and like, it, I just think it does because it's, it's eye catching and it's, you know, like surprising in some ways. And, you know, and when you're younger, you're kind of looking for that stuff until you. Well, visually, you know. I do think as a kid, there's a lot in Beetlejuice that captures you. I also think it's interesting too that we're starting with Beetlejuice is that window of time where V8, uh, VCRs have started to cycle in and now people are watching these films multiple times and and that was a difference that really changed the industry right i mean we've talked about this before on the show like prior to vcr the only way you you were seeing movies are if if it was on spectrum or um you know hbo or something like that so you might not have had access to watching multiple times i kind of think of sitting in a theater and watching beetlejuice just one off and not really thinking about it and being like, yeah, this works for me. Right. The, because yeah. there's enough sequences in it with Beetlejuice or the dinner sequence or some of these other things where if I'm watching it as a one off in my mind, I connect to it. Yeah, it's just. And, and but now it's like mixed for me watching it now. It's like mixed messaging this whole movie. So like it starts off telling you that it's like, like there's important rules and there's important things. That this, like this that couple book that oh my God, the, book. the book was stolen. Right. Like, and that there's stuff. there's things in that book that the couple needs to learn in, in order to do their job of haunting. And then they jump right from not being able to be seen to like doing this whole Callisto dance number at dinner. And there's no reference to how they got to there. But time was supposed to have passed. Like, wasn't that supposed that's to be another were... issue with this movie? Well, yeah, yeah I know you have no the... concept of what time is, and they even play with that. Well, right? no, they They're said like, they've oh, been waiting, you were gone for and they like... said they were in the waiting room for three months, yeah, right? So, but like, that's why they didn't recognize the house when they got back, because... right? But it's but they also didn't in that time didn't learn how to be better at haunting. I don't know. It, it, right, right, right. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I was there's weird. To there's that. weird rules here. It's almost like John Wick when we talk about John yes. Wick too. They're like trying to set up a world, but the world's are kind of irrelevant because we never return to that world. So the rules don't yeah. really matter. And but I will say that I think that whole idea of like the afterlife and the the setup of that, oh, the so way that great. things kind of work, like. It, well, it still worked for me to see that. I mean, especially the flattened guy. Like, it is oh, much darker this. when you realize that everyone working there is a suicide victim. <sighs> a little creepy, a little intense. Yeah, they say um, that in the movie that the Otho says know, they become. I know, I and know. then you realize that, yeah, oh, yeah, everyone that we've seen there in working, not is like the football team. The football team obviously died and is a client, right. Right. but everyone yes. who's working there is like, is a suicide victim well now is every is, is it 125 years or so are we to believe everybody who dies becomes a ghost i'm not quite understanding the beetlejuice world like uh, why would they i don't think become... we're supposed to ask that question okay that's fine <laughs> i'll move i'll move on from that question then I, I don't think there's any um, answer to it i was pretty excited though that if you go into the afterlife apparently yes. you're on the set of Den denny villeneuve's dune i am excited worms. that we're going to watch two movies with sandworms this month Yes, we are, because we will be watching Dune. Yeah. I, I, I happen to think the uh, special effects in Denny Villeneuve's 
I, um, the special Sam effects Worms in the in David Lynch's was better. Be, yeah, they might be um, slightly better. Here's an uh, odd fact that I found intriguing: the Amazing World of Netflix, of course, which is a, a key piece of everyone's life. Beetlejuice was actually the first DVD that the old school mail out Netflix ever mailed to somebody. Huh. Oh, it's, wow. it's Netflix rental number one. Very cool. Numero one um, there. Hmm. Um, question for you, Jim. Would you rather have been at the dinner party in this film or the dinner party in Temple of Doom? Oh, this one. Did you see the size of those shrimp? Those shrimp. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure if those were. They were not. They were at, they were gloves. Because the little. <laughs> Really Katie's disturbing. like, we're watching. Katie's like, look how big those shrimp are. I was like, that's for a reason. She's like, oh, yeah. I don't think Katie ever saw this movie. She's watching it. She's oh, like, no way. she's like, I don't I don't think I've seen this. I thought I had seen this. How it is, did she feel about this film in comparison to Caddyshack 2? Uh, I think she did not like this as much as Caddyshack 2, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't get her full on thoughts, so we'll have to get them for next week. But yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, this movie's kind of a mess of, and and the shame of it is, is that I think if they just focused on a few pieces and left some other stuff out, it would have been better. Like, there's no reason to even have the, I know they probably did it because it was cool, but the whole, like, if you step out your door, you end up on Saturn and there are sandworms there. Like, I don't, that literally has no effect on the movie and they just thought it was cool, and then they brought it back in the end because, again, we think it's cool. But it, yeah, it to me, it's the it is one of the pieces of this movie that don't doesn't fit because it doesn't have a Tim Burton aesthetic. It looks cheesy as hell, and it kind of always did. Like it, I, I don't think it ever looked that cool. Um. The sandworm is clay, so that's fine. But like the actual like landscape was always confusing. And how do they both step out of the door and then they're they can't find each other? There's like no, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just like why have it? Like what does that what does that do? Why can't you just say like you can't leave their house? And if you try to, you just end up when you walk out the front door, you like walk in the back door or something. Like I I don't I don't understand why they needed this whole thing outside the house to be to be there what's the what's the as we round this out what do you think the the draw of this film is like what's the reason that they're actually michael keaton just recently was discussing the fact they might do a a reboot it says here on imdb that it's announced yeah that beetlejuice 2 has been announced so so as we leave off of this what is it like what drew you to it because aaron this was one of the movies you were watching and and, or wanted to watch and we're like in beetlejuice sure yeah, like people love Beetlejuice. So, what do you think it is that connects with people, either in their memory or if they've seen it recently? <clears throat> what, I, I have what to read you, this synopsis to you the, when you're done. Okay, Aaron, what were you, like, what were you excited about? Okay, what I were was you excited, excited about? To see Michael Keaton's performance as Beetlejuice again, and just kind of see if those like more iconic lines or, um, you know, segments were still entertaining. Um, and then especially getting into Schitt's Creek so much and Catherine O'Hara remembering 
her performance in this and the, and the, um, the dinner scene. I don't know. I think that's it. And, and Winona Ryder was such a, um, queen of these types of, you know, these types of movies at the time. So it was, there was a lot that was, you know, and then just the, the nostalgia of it. And so she had only been in Lucas prior to this, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy about that. And she wasn't even the main like girl. Well, when was when was Heather's? Was that after this? Well, yeah, she was older. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Um, Jim, what do you think? What what, is it just nostalgia? What like going out? I mean, it's weird. It's so freaking weird that like sometimes I'm like, I feel like people get attached to that. But like when you compare it to something like the Goonies, which I feel like. Is a much more appropriate nostalgia movie like to me it represents the 80s in a much better way as far as like what kids were like what we would be nostalgic for that kind of stuff because that's more of a coming of age like that has more also of coming of yeah age sort of and there's a clear point of view and narrative i feel but like, like think that. about some of the other bad shit movies out there that people aren't nostalgic for like um the one with fred savage always comes to mind the little, oh, Monster. little monsters that movie's I- nuts I watched that movie way more than I watched Beetlejuice, and I think I liked it more. It's really now, I don't know if I want to watch it now, but do you think it's that it had the like the scary ghost element, but it wasn't a scary movie? It was supposed to be funny, and yeah. it, like, I, you know what I mean. Like and the special comic. effects, it yeah. was. And I do think that the creatures, well, like when they all, changed their appearance, that actually was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It well, does. and also, I mean, this the the, the makeup was Oscar nominated. Like what they did with Michael Keaton and his performance, I think I was most excited. And maybe the thing that put me off from this movie the most is, again, in my mind, he was this was a Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, but it's not just it's not in it. And it's just not. And it's there's not enough. Again, Anthony Hopkins, like that, the writing, the narrative, all that, like Silence of Lambs, that performance was big enough to carry everything else because the rest of that film was immaculate in what they did. Mm. The rest of this film, even though the performances are good, the storytelling is probably not good enough to make up for that. And that was the, I think the disappointing thing in me, I guess I, it's almost like Jim's rundown or when Katie does a rundown, I feel like this story was a rundown, somebody telling me what the movie was about, where I have an expectation that there's going to be things missing because you're just telling me what the movie was about. And I wish it was more fleshed out. I wish there was more elements. Can we talk about one other thing? Yeah. That is totally like, and this is sort of like, Tim Burton to a T is like, I feel like he is like, like a Vegas buffet of like in of like, um, inspirations. Like you want lobster, fucking get some lobster. But if you actually want, you know, casserole of some sort, there's also that. And if you want the green Jello? Let's put that right on top. What the f is up with the two songs? the two popular songs that he picks to be in this movie. Like how, like to us, we saw it and we're like, those songs became the Beetlejuice songs, right? Yeah. But like, what is the context in this movie that those two songs make sense being played? 
Well, they listened to it. So the um, why Alan was listening. Or Adam was listening to it at the beginning. I, I remember, but why? Right, but it doesn't make any that sense. The first time, like I thought those songs were connected to Beetlejuice. I didn't remember that they like the yeah. Maitlands listened to Calypso music. Like yeah, or, you it's know, so weird music. And then it becomes, you know, it works. The... It works. I don't want to say it doesn't work, but it like, does, yeah. it's a nice little character, random, like though. weird it's, character trait of the character. It's intriguing. They, right. look, they look more like a John Denver sort of situation oh, than I'll a give um... me some John Denver <laughs> or Joni Mitchell. All like I could see like that dress. I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time Jesus, going, getting the, over the, the dress. The, the wardrobe. That was one of the hardest parts. Katie wanted me. to know it's if just... Gina Davis was wearing white tights or that's the actual color of her legs. <laughs> I was like, could Katie, they're probably white tights because could be her legs. She was yeah, hoping that someone right. had whiter legs. Jim, could you give us the rundown of what the Beetlejuice sequel? No, it, I, I realized it that it was like fan fiction on the IMD ah, okay. page, but it was well, ridiculous. Well, originally they were doing like Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii or something and they couldn't get the script like finalized. Apparently, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. Beetlejuice uh, available somewhere. Yeah, I, I had to pay for this, which Same. I was yeah. so on Prime. I bought it, it too because on- I was like, oh, we'll watch this again. I should have waited Probably until not. you bought it and then watched it for free. Um, it was on it was somewhere else on <laughs> free like last week and then yeah. we know, have a lot I on know. there i Brian. was excited i thought it was free yeah uh, all right um this movie is not better than aliens i feel no. very <laughs> it's not as bad as certainly not worse than we're not even gonna Eddie have the conversation so i do feel the obligation to say chris monero's name because we've been saying it for every episode this season because of the <laughs> godforsaken the rookie film you might get a separate category for that. All right, it's time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the? Oh, we gotta take a drink first. Would you? Why? Five questions with Aaron. Here we go. First up is our thumbs up, thumbs down question. It seems Alec Baldwin loves model making more than his wife in this film. Uh, Have you ever made a model, Aaron? And uh, just in general, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on models and making models? So it's not my cup of tea. Um, I have no interest. Never have. Probably never will. But I think that that is cool if people like to do that. And I always enjoy the town and you know so i think that's an awesome hobby if you're into it and i will appreciate that art but it is not for me to create Hmm. i did a few when i was little it's kind of like model trains i think i did a helicopter and a a ferrari did you and i even like Mm. painted the ferrari yeah i think i I feel like of our in the 80s models were like a big deal now it's like legos i feel like we have so many different like i feel like people are more inclined to do lego building yeah yeah all right all right here we go would you rather question aaron would you rather watch 1980s winona rider and heathers or 1990s winona rider in reality bites That I've been thinking about that. I, oh man, I'm going to go with Reality Bites. I'm going to the 2010s and going with, with Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, that's what I was actually thinking. Um, when Not you an asked option. Me this. She's like, getting, she gets better that? and better. Yeah. Wasn't but an Reality option. Bites is, a, I think, yeah, that movie just, yeah. So 
Reality Bites is one of those movies that's fascinating to me because I think it does such an amazing job of capturing a time period in history, like of what that like element yeah. would have been, which is yeah. interesting to me. Uh, all right, here we go. Fill in the blank question. Uh, this film posits a reality in which you will spend almost eternity in a single dwelling. So my question for you is this. If <laughs> you had to spend your eternity in any house or apartment you have ever lived in, ooh, ooh. what would it be? Could it be like Lost where we all pick the same spot to come back to? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Oh man! Um, what I, would you choose? I think I would choose. That's really hard, but I think I would choose the the house my parents moved from um, on Cotler Drive because it had a pool, a pool, and a pretty cool basement. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just and a great yard for my dog. Um, why were you hoping I would say um, that house we lived in, Maniunk, where there was no. always a problem every five minutes? I, there was complete. I was thinking Seville. Yeah, uh, Seville <laughs> Although the Green Lane house that we lived in in Maniunk was awesome with the wraparound deck and yeah. the oh yeah, that was creepy that uh, the, the portraits in the basement that we lived in. Yeah, didn't love yeah. the parking at that one. No, the parking situation. What do you mean? Bad, you had a parking? So. There was a parking lot. Yeah, but if you parked anywhere but that, like those two spots, you didn't get, get towed. One, yeah, if you didn't get that <laughs> spot, you were in a lot of trouble there. Right. What about you, child oh, uh, in Drexel Hill? The Drexel Hill house? Oh. I much prefer this house. No, I was I was thinking because didn't Brian live in oh, the he lived basement, in the basement of your house yeah. for like a week? My, char <laughs> my Charles in charge. He though. also lived for like a month or a couple weeks at my parents' house. That's true. I oh, did. That's right. Yeah. I did live there. It was a fabulous house. I would choose to live in Hafey Hall. <laughs> of course you would. Of you course would you haunt would. It. You'd be like a uh, nearly Hall. headless Nick of Hafey Hall. You'd be the that's ghost right. of Hafey Hall. Like well, last person they'd have a live, they'd have a dorm uh, ghost. Last person that ever lived there for four straight years. Mm. Non Jesuit. That's me. Congratulations. <laughs> they got a plaque. I paid for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, favorite question, Aaron. Uh, what's your favorite movie that features either a ghost or monster in it? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, God, that's hard. Uh... This would be nearly impossible for me to answer. Oh, you, you would not be good with this one, Jim? No. Or just put pick one you like. I feel like I'm going to think of something the minute we sign off. All right. And then yeah. I'm going to be so mad. That, no, like, that's why I send these questions out hours I before the know, episode. but I mean. But just pick one. What's a movie oh. somebody should watch that has a monster or a ghost in it? It doesn't have to be your favorite, but one that just pops right into your mind. What should somebody watch that has a monster or a ghost in it? Um, I, when you said ghost, I just thought of ghost with Patrick Swayze. Uh, great. Amazing. I would great throw choice. in Cabin in amazing. the Woods. Ooh, this is a good one. Very good. Love that. All right. Finally, deep thoughts question. Do you believe in ghosts? Careful. It's that time of year when the veil between the living and the dead is thin. Um, I... Very thin. Oh, no. 
I think that they're, I mean, I have a, a yeah, I mean, like, I don't know ghosts per se, but I How think that they're you? like, like <laughs> supernatural presences or uh, spirits. All right. Staying around is, is a possibility. All right. I like those paranormal sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I can dig it. Way to waffle like a politician at a, Brett, a debate. Brett, Brett Buckridge in the chat says well, Gay Street House 100%. <laughs> That there house. There you go. That's gross. my. Uh, that's my. Oh. Um, Remember when that it smelled so my, bad? My that is that, that is that is the house you get sent to if you're like did something criminal. <laughs> that house had not great energy. No, <laughs> the house had a no, lot. definitely a not. Other for a episodes. Lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, and that is five questions. Uh, recommendations. Jim, uh, Squid what Game. Do you, what do I recommend? I've been watching Squid Game it. on Netflix. It? It's great. Thumbs up. Oh right. my if, if, the, the, I have to watch that. The overdub in English is distracting, <laughs> but it's still really good if you can deal with it. But I've also heard that the subtitles are not great. I've heard that the overdub is actually closer to, like the words they're saying is actually closer to the meaning in Korean okay. than the subtitles are. But yeah, I watched I watched it with an overdub yeah, um, because I can deal with it. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, Aaron, anything you'd like to recommend that you're reading, watching, listening to? Um, so I'm really, I mean, obviously Ted Lasso, but we talk about that um, all the time. Um, I really like Only Murders in the Building on oh, Hulu yeah. with mm, to watch Steve Martin, Martin, Martin Short, Short, and Selena Gomez. And I, I'm not finished it, but I've been watching Made on Netflix with... Um, uh, what's her name? Quali. Uh, Andy McDowell's daughter. Is it Margo? Oh. Margo. Margo. Yes. Margo. Yes. Really, really good. I mean, it's, it's intense, but it's really, she's fantastic. So amazing. And once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. So she's really good in that and it's, it's well done. So, that's uh, fun. Love it. All right. My recommendations. I rewatched Smokey and the Bandit this week. You can watch it <laughs> once every few months and love every second about it. And I saw No Time to Die, the new James Bond. Oh, yeah. In IMAX, this, the IMAX got the one night jump ahead of everybody else. I will say that it is good, not great. If you are a James Bond fan, uh, enjoy it. Um, if you're not, but- would you enjoy it or... Uh, no, I don't think no. if you're a James Bond fan, you should go see it. Uh, you know, if you like those types of movies, I did enjoy seeing it in the theater. And I have to say, it's the first time I've been to the theater um, post COVID. Oh, right, the right, right. Theater, yeah. Well, I've been to theaters post COVID, but it's usually me and like four other people. This thing was packed. I mean, oh, that's wow. just kind of the world okay. of okay. James Bond. Uh, my criterion choice is The Mummy. From 1932, the original Universal Mummy. Also the Brandon Fraser Mummy, because I love that movie too. Uh, and th- that's it. Nothing else to say, discuss. Aaron, Should we we'll talk back. about our next scary movie? Yeah, uh, what's up next? Well, I, I don't I don't know if we want to talk about it because we might have we have it's it, it's a trick or treat month. Mm. We're not quite sure what's coming. We will at some point this month watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street, though. I'm we can tease that Johnny first Depp's time. first movie. Yep. Wait, can, this is can, the first time you're seeing it. This is the first time I'm what? seeing it. Yeah. Oh my I told god. You that, I forgot you were in that. Re- to, I forgot so. you were in that sheltered religious cult. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to watch it with someone? 
Should you watch it? Should we watch it together? What if we just know, watched you know, it live and recorded you know that? I can deal with, or is this one I you don't think I can even deal with? No, like, I, I think you can. I think you no, can. You're all right. with this. All right. At some point this month, we'll do that. We'll have something. We're all going to be together next week. So we'll have, we'll have something for everybody uh, coming at you. And remember, Yay. of course, listen to us every weekish or so when we post a new episode of the shit show our shit yeah. podcast we're I posted almost it done with season two. Oh, perfect oh, we're, almost, yeah. we're, we're we're getting through season two at a much faster rate than we got through season one so yes watch Shits creek listen to us like share subscribe review all that kind of wonderful stuff and join us soon on com majors again bye everybody bye bye